He goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Now listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Leafs Lunch is brought to you in part by 2for1pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit 2for1pizza.com. I'm Mike DiStefano in with Jonas Siegel of The Athletic, Julia Tashiri on uh, World Juniors Beat for the next couple of weeks, uh, along with Craig J. Button, who will join us in about five minutes. Um, could you imagine ordering a pizza, by the way? Like, if you called up 2for1pizza and got that thing delivered to you, like, is that not the the worst move on a day like today to what? have somebody bring uh, you a pizza? Like you're saying it's kind of uh, not nice? Very not nice. That would land you on the naughty list, in my opinion. If you were selfishly trying to, like, order up Uber Eats or order up a pizza from Two for One and making somebody else come out into this terrible weather that we're having here in Toronto and deliver that pie. Like, if you're not giving them at least... You know, a fifty percent tip. That's just. Ooh. It's just awful. Awful. What's your go-to like storm uh, food? Pizza. Go-to storm pizza. Uh, if there's a storm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, probably realistically, you, you order a wheel, but I don't. What's yours? I'll pizza. try and think of something else. Yeah, I oh, guess it's pizza. It's, it's the easy one, right? It kind of is easy. My, you know, what's funny. I'm back home for the holidays, and um, my my dad. Ended up coming uh coming upstairs. He was out in the in the back bar that's heated or whatnot, and uh, ended up coming upstairs and go inside. And I was like, "Oh, are you Amazon delivers this late?" It was like eleven thirty at night, and then he said, "Nope," and walks in with Burger King. The man got hungry and just ordered Burger King for the family, like eleven thirty at night. Just wanted to order himself a, a Whopper and some chicken fries. I'm like, "All right, respect." <laughs> it's like, I respect that. Okay, a man knows what he wants, I suppose. It was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the Leafs, uh, well, they're they're done for a couple of days, though, right? Everyone's out on their on the holiday break. They're not back till what the twenty seventh, I think they return, and um, that's when they'll get their second part of the season underway. But you know, if you look back at the way that they've played recently, um, Jonas, and like this in the month of. December as a whole. I mean, they've next to Boston, um, and and maybe Carolina. You can toss into that uh, into that mold too. They've probably been the second or third best team in the National Hockey League. Yeah, there's no getting around that. I don't think. I mean, I don't. I still think they probably have another gear. Like they still don't have their full team. Will they get their full team? Maybe not. Like you, you're not always how, blessed with that. Well, what does that say to what their potential could be? Yeah, I mean, for sure it does. I mean. I think it's kind of fallen. I mean, it never gets talked about anymore, understandably, because the team has, what is it, like 22 times in the last 25 games they picked up a point. But they don't have literally their, you could say, their two best defensemen, two of their three best defensemen. Like, they haven't had Morgan Riley since November. They haven't had Jake Muzzin basically the whole season. Um, And they've just kind of kept chugging along. And there was a stretch there where we looked at their roster and we said, like, a lot of these guys aren't having great years and and they've just kind of been pretty consistent. Like we talked about that before, and they've been getting contributions from a lot of different places. Obviously, their big four guys offensively have kind of carried them for a while now. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, looking ahead to the second half, like what they're going to be able to get from the bottom of their lineup. But their power play should get better. 
Uh, presumably when Riley comes back, their, their goaltending probably is going to fall off a bit. I mean, you look at Boston and you look at Toronto, goaltending is really what's kind of carried them through. I think they're 1-2 they're in the league since like the beginning of November, so that's something to keep an eye on. But so far, not a lot to complain about. Yeah, the Leafs uh, at 5-on-5 five five in the month of December have had uh, 933 goaltending. Um, which not sustainable. Know, well, it's it's not sustainable, but it's it's funny because a season ago, it, things started to fall off a cliff after well, starting December first, we could say, and right really into now. that second into that second half of the season, right? A lot of the numbers that we looked at when it came to Jack Campbell, we were talking about you know whether or not you want to hand him a long term extension, and I think we could say that Kyle Dubas probably made the right decision not to, based on how things have gone through the first couple of months in Edmonton. But, like, his numbers from Jan 1 onward was, like, 888 save percentage, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, as much as I suppose we can sit here and, and love what we've seen out of these goalies, um, you know, so far through the first couple of months of this season, it was the back half of last year where the goaltending went south for Toronto. Hopefully that does not happen. And I don't think it will. Just I think this team's playing different. They're playing a little bit more collective and and. They're really bought in defensively, which is helping the goaltenders uh, as well. Uh, let's bring in Craig Button, our TSN hockey uh, analyst, uh, and he's out in you're, you're out in Halifax now. Like, have you made it out there, Craig? Uh, I was out in Moncton, AB, and uh, I returned to uh, Calgary uh, yesterday. I'm going back to Moncton on uh, Christmas Day for the beginning of the World Junior Tournament, but. Uh, it's only about minus 45 here in uh, Calgary. Snow, snow coming down. Uh, I would tell you this: uh, if, if you, <coughs> excuse me, if you've never experienced uh, that type of cold, you can't you can't go out very long. And I know that the storm is whipping through <coughs> whipping through eastern Canada and certainly through Ontario and Toronto. So that's what we get when we live in the northern hemisphere and December yeah. rolls around. Yeah, it's not my favorite. I'll tell you that. I'm not a big. Uh, I know you're a big, you know, cross country ski guy. Get out on the slopes. Not my thing. I'm much more of a California, you know, sun type of guy. But it is what it is. And uh, the one thing that I do love about Christmas time and that I love about the holidays and the snow and December and the cold weather is the fact that it usually coincides with the World Juniors, which is uh, what you'll be uh, embarking on over the next couple of weeks. Uh, There's a pre-tournament game tonight against Finland. But when you look at Canada and and, and how they've fared so far in in prelim games, um, Gord Miller has said that this team looks as good as any that they've seen in the last decade. Uh, What do you make of some of the comparables that this team has been getting to, you know, that team back in 2005 with Crosby and Getzlaff and Bergeron and company? Can they live up to that hype that they're receiving right now? Well, you know, A.B., I I think what we'll find out is if they can live up to the hype. When you look at the team on paper, and and, and it's great, we do this all the time, and we, we assess the team and how good it looks and what they're capable of doing, and you know, when you look at every area of the team, uh, the, from the net to the blue line to the forward group, it looks like a, a, a group that can have massive success. And, you know, I, you know, Gord has covered uh, so many World Junior tournaments, so he's not throwing that out by accident. It's not hyperbole. It's something where he really uh, had, sees a team and, and, and a group of players that uh, can – overwhelm opponents quite frankly and they can do it in different ways you know there's 
they have they have a size element, they have a skill element, they have a speed element, and, and that goes from their blue liners right to their forward group. But you know, they're not going to have to rely uh, on on one line or uh, the, the, somebody or a couple of players to score. I mean, you you look at that team, and you know, your top six, bottom six, BS is what I tell you. They got they, they got they got thirteen forwards that can contribute offensively. Thirteen forwards. They can like if I just look at their first three lines, you know, the you got one centered by Shane Wright, and and I mean he 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 is really good. You got another line centered by uh, uh, Nathan Gauthier, and then you know people were, were were kind of waiting to see how the Stan Colvin, Fantilli, and and Gunther line was going to do. I mean that's three lines with high high end offensive ability. And then I go what I what I what I started to try to get going here is what I call the 100 percent beef foursome, which is which is Doc Bankier, uh, uh, Doc Bankier, Reed Shaver, and Stopchuck. I mean, so I, I just think that was, and then you got defensemen that are great skaters, great puck movers, and to me, you, you look at a team that like I don't see anybody, and, and this is before the tournament started, I don't see anybody that can touch them. So when Gord makes that comment, I'm in full agreement with him. Craig, it's it's Jonas. It's a pleasure to talk to you, as always. <laughs> Do you know, Jonas, I just wanted to say this too. You know, A.B.'s talking about, he was just on a cruise. You know he was on a cruise? <laughs> like, fasting, fasting in the, in, like, he was on a and cruise. And now I'm back to this, now I'm back to this weather, Craig. It's, Jonas, it's, it's he, absurd. He's on a cruise. He's on a cruise. <laughs> He's not built like we are, Craig. He's not. He's soft. <laughs> it's true. I'll admit it. I'm. I'm. You know. I'm. I'm definitely a, a teddy bear when it comes to comes to the snow, but not a polar bear. <laughs> Good to talk to you, Jonas. Well, so Craig, I wanted to ask you about Bedard. Obviously, he's kind of the star attraction. And I was watching the other day. I was watching that first game. And maybe it's because he's wearing 16. Maybe it's because he's the right shot. But I was like, man, this guy looks like a bit. I know he's more of a goal scorer, but I was thinking, like, man, this guy kind of looks like Marner. Who is he supposed to kind of play like, be like, uh, in your mind? Well, you know, when you let's keep in mind, Jonas, right? If you watch Mitch Marner every single game, I mean, we're talking about the first team All Star right wing. There's nothing yep. wrong with comparing somebody to that elite level player. And certainly, I, 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 I certainly see. A, a lot of things that Connor does that, you know, evokes the images of Mitch Marner. I mean, even that play he made in that first game where he, he passes that puck on the back end to Shane Wright, who will yeah. never get an e- he, he won't get an easier goal in, in, in hockey than the one he got that night. But you, you talk about creativity, imagination, the ability to maneuver in tight spaces. That's Mitch Marner. And certainly Connor has all of those qualities. And, and, and you nailed it. He, 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 he's got more of a goal-scoring quality than Mitch, but the impact that, that Mitch has on the game and the, and the impact that Connor has on the game, it's at a high, high level, and it's significant. So, you know, when you're looking at, 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 at comparing a player and a style of player, I, I, I think there is a lot of Marner-esque qualities in Connor Bedard's game. The, the, the interesting thing for me, he's Canada's best player. It's full stop. Now... You think about, wait a sec, he turns 18 next July. We talk about, oh, a draft-eligible player made the team. Oh, how good is that? Oh, that's pretty impressive, right? And you think about, oh, boy, that's, uh, you know, he's their best player. He's their prominent guy. He's already played in one World Junior after just turning 17 and was excellent. 
There has not been anything I've seen Connor Bedard perform in at any level, internationally, in the league, anywhere, where he hasn't been the best player. And I don't think it's going to be any different at this World Junior Tournament. And that, to me, is like it's unprecedented. Like, for a, a, a young player in his draft, you're 17 years old, to not only be the headliner, but to be the best player. And I don't think he's going to disappoint in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm waiting on FanDuel to post the uh, the, the prop odds for what Bedard's going to do in this tournament, but I'm I'm hammering all the overs because I think he's just going to absolutely light it up though, over the next couple of weeks. I'm curious, yeah. though, about Shane Wright and, and what you think the expectation should be for what Shane Wright could do in this tournament. Well, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for Shane to, to, to get into a level of competition where, you know, he can, he, he can test himself. You know, when you, you know, you go to the NHL, he was trying to find his game. He wasn't getting an opportunity. You know, I saw him, I saw him play his first two games in the American Hockey League against Calgary, and he, he, he scored three goals in those two games. He, he, he looked a lot more confident. His puck play was really good. I saw him score his first NHL goal. We were doing the Montreal game. And he, and he, and he looked, again, like a player that just, you know, was finding his game. And, and Gordon Miller said this uh, the other day. He said it looks like he's having fun playing again. Not, not that not, he's not, not, not that he wasn't happy or anything, but like you know that that, that joy and the happiness of playing to, to, to your standards, to your standards. And, and and I think that for Shane now, you know, he's the captain, and, and that's not by accident. I mean, he's been a leader in this age group. And the players are mostly a year older than him, but but he's been a real key leader. Uh, in, uh, at the U18 tournament, and uh, him going now and just being able to go and play and play in a, in a, in a best on best and, and be able to do the things that he wants to do, I think it's really significant. And, and I, I was worried, I'll be honest with you guys, I was worried because, like, you know, all signs were pointing to him going to the world junior team and being loaned to them. But I was worried that he's not playing in the NHL, you know that World Junior Tournament you put you in a spotlight. What's going to happen if he isn't playing and hasn't found some elements of his game? Well, the two-week conditioning he's in the American Hockey League and then his one game back and scoring his first NHL goal, I, I think really got him into, into a playing state that's going to allow him to go there and be a, a, be a really significant player for Team Canada. I don't think there's any doubt he's going to be a significant player for that. And I think by extension – not only is that going to help Shane and really help him gain that level of confidence in his game, when he returns to the, to the NHL, if that's where he returns to, I think he's going to return with a renewed sense of belonging. And it's one thing to be the fourth overall pick and a first-round draft pick and think he can play, but you've got to have that sense of belonging, and I think that Shane is on that path. Well, Craig, what do you think teams should do with guys like him? Because I'm just looking at the youngest players to play in the league this year, and it's like him and Slavkovsky are just kind of like in their own bracket. And it's like, well, where is the right place for him? Like, what what would you do in a situation like this with someone as young as he is, but with the potential that he has? So, so Jones, I, I believe that, like, the NHL can be unforgiving. It's the yeah. best league on the planet. And you're playing against old – Uri and Shane have never played against players older than, this much older than them. I know people say the Olympics, okay, well, the Olympics is not the level of the NHL. But, you know, so if, if you're playing, I don't want to see players get overwhelmed. 
I think that that is not never helpful. You know, you want to see players, and, and players get overwhelmed differently. They get overwhelmed physically. They get overwhelmed because they're not ready. They get overwhelmed confidence-wise. They just don't feel that they're ready to do that. So that's one of the things I look for, are players getting overwhelmed. So if they're not, and you want to keep them there, and you're putting them in spots where they can, you know, continue to grow their game, I, I think that, you know, that becomes, for me, acceptable. Is it, is it right? I, I don't know. My philosophy is real simple, Jonathan. I don't know if it's simple, but I think it's simple. I want players to continue to play in environments where they can dominate, where they can build their game while they're physically maturing and emotionally maturing and mentally maturing. And you just brought up Mitch Marner, and, 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 I've, and I've used Mitch Marner as an example. He was the fourth overall pick. He went back to London. And he played every single situation. He played tons. That team won everything, including the Memorial Cup, and then he stepped right into the NHL. And significant for his development, because he became a dominant player. And now what you see in Mitch Marner is a dominant player. If I'm drafting somebody that I think can, you know, impact my team significantly, that's the development path I want them on. The NHL is not about development. The NHL is about can you hold your own. Some players can... Some players can tread water and hold it on. I don't think it's the right thing. For me, Shane Wright would be back in junior hockey. And Uri Slavkowski would be back in Europe. Because Hmm. I've seen way too many examples of players being put in the NHL. And and Jonas, let's go back. 2015, Curtis Lazar, who arguably, he was the captain of that team, arguably one of the best offensive players in his age group in Canada at 15. He won a Memorial Cup, and, 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 and no, Ottawa had to have him at 19. Had to have him at 19. Then they turn him into a checker. Then he goes there, then at 20, he's a checker. He's moving further and further away from yeah. his scoring. And then in his third year, oh, we're going to send him down to the minors to help him find his offensive game. Too late. Too late. You made a mistake. NHL teams fail players more than players fail on their own. That's my rant. It's Festivus today. I'm airing a grievance. I'm airing a grievance. <laughs> well, Craig, I'm glad you brought that up because, like, I I just was, as you were speaking, I was thinking to the situation here locally, and, and one of the things that I was contemplating a lot as the season was rolling along with Nick Robertson, I was thinking, like, man, like, I don't know what the right move is with this guy. Like, he's still really young. He's He was struggling before the injury. He, he had played, obviously, pretty well in the AHL. Like, I don't know what you're supposed to do with guys who are kind of right in between like that. Do you have any feeling on that? Was he in between? Was he, he no, I, I guess he wasn't in between. He, yeah, he, maybe he not. He dominated the American and the, and the Maple Leafs failed him a couple of years ago when they didn't send him to the U.S. junior team. They failed him. That's the best-on-best best tournament that helps you build confidence. There's another example of being failed. They should have sent him there. Oh, no, we've got to keep him around. Keep him around for what? Keep him around for what? No, go test yourself in games and best-on-best competition. Nick Robertson has never dominated the American Hockey League. Dominated the OHL. You know what? So he's not in between. Get him down to the American Hockey League and play and dominate. We're chatting with uh, Craig Butner, TSN hockey analyst. I guess we'll we'll keep on the lead. And and A.B., feats of strength are coming up. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Festivus. You know what Festivus is, don't you, A.B.? Festivus for the rest of us? Yeah. It's oh, yeah. Did you watch Seinfeld, A.B.? I've, I've seen Seinfeld. Of course I've seen Seinfeld. Who doesn't watch Seinfeld? Well, I think O'Dog actually fill does. Fill him in. But. Fill him in. 
<laughs> anyway, so the trust of this is the area of grievances, and then you have the feats of strength. I was just kind of playing on that. but There it is. Uh, chat with Craig Putt, DSN hockey analyst. Uh, well, at least you know win last night against, uh, or yesterday afternoon rather, against the, the the Philadelphia Flyers, going into the holiday season on a high. Um, we were just talking about Mitch Marner and the fact that he's a first team, uh, you know, All Star right winger the last couple of seasons, but he just seems to keep elevating his game and almost getting better and better and better. Like what we've seen from him this year has been incredible. Like what can you say about like the level of of High IQ that Mitch Marner, um, you know, possesses on a on a night in night out basis. Well, yeah, yeah, and I think that that's what it is. You know, obviously Mitch is, is an excellent skater and handles the puck very well. But his ability to to think through the game and think through the different challenges and learn. And learn, I mean, Mitch learns shift to shift. He learns, you know, what how, how players are playing against them. That's part of the mature, the, the maturing process for a young player. And, and Mitch is still a young player. But, you know, people are always going to be looking at ways to try to defend you. And because Mitch is so exceptionally smart that he, he understands what you're trying to do against him, and then he goes, okay, that's great. I understand what you're doing. Now I'm going I'm to solve that challenge. And, and he, it's, it, it's fascinating to watch players that are that smart continuously beat what opponents are trying to do. Because make no mistake about it, A.B., Every game that Mitch Marner is playing against the team, the whiteboard in the dressing room, they circle 16. And they say, keep an eye on him. Watch for the way he turns and going to make a pass on the backhand. And they're trying to take away some of his strengths. Well, Mitch has so many strengths in, 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 in his arsenal that, like, you take one away, and he goes, okay, that's great. I, I got another uh, uh, tool here that I can use. And, and that's what brilliant players have. And that's why, you know, despite, uh, you know, Mitch Marner, you know, you know, being checked closely, watched closely, he continues to excel because he, he, he sees the whole landscape of what's confronting him. And, and you know, it's, it's no different. He knows where the speed bumps are. He knows where the open lanes are. He knows where the ditch is. And, and, and he manages the whole thing in real time and as the game is moving along at such incredible pace. And that's not slipping at all. I mean, I mean Mitch is a superstar. I mean, let, 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 let's call it what it is. He's a superstar. Well, and Craig, you saw him obviously from the start going back to London. I was writing uh, like a month ago. I was trying to figure out like who is exactly like him in the NHL today, and I couldn't really find a, a comparable. I, uh, Ray Ferraro uh, brought up to someone, I think, on his podcast with Dregs, Pavel Datsuk. Like, is there anyone he reminds you of? I remember when he was coming out, people kept comparing him to Patrick Kane, but I don't like really see that. Like, is there anyone who comes to mind for you? You know what's interesting is is is, is, is he's got different elements. You know, yeah. we were just talking about about Connor Bedard, right? And like he's got he's got that great shot, but he's got some out. He's got some Marner esque qualities. But 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 I think Mitch has some of those qualities that Patrick Kane has. He has some of those qualities that Pavel Datsuk has. And I think about Pavel Datsuk with respect to Mitch, the way he plays without the puck, how how well he anticipates, how how good he is at stripping you of the puck. Yeah. I don't think Mitch Marner gets enough credit for how, how good he is at, 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 at you had the puck and all of a sudden he has the puck. That's what Pavel Datsuk did so well. We know that Patrick Kane is a magician with the puck, so is Mitch Marner. So you have these different elements that I think, and, and I think that that's what kind of makes it, what, what it makes him unique because there's not just one player that I think Mitch had, had, has qualities 
that remind you of that player. He, 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 it's like he picks the best of this player, the best of that player, the best of this player to make the best Mitch Marner. And that, and that in and of itself is, is just another example of how impressive he is. And, you know, like, you know, one of the things, and just quickly back to, you know, him, when he went back to junior, and people say, no, you can't go back to junior. Oh, no, he's done everything. There's lots you can learn back in junior. And he played for Dale Hunter, who's an excellent coach. And Dale had him killing penalties and had him playing center ice and had him playing different situations. Mark Hunter, you know very well Jonas, and was the mm-hmm. former uh, assistant GM of, of London. You, you know what Mark told me once? He goes, actually, he goes, we play those kids so much in London. He goes, the you know, they're going to get less ice time per shift in, in the NHL. It might be easier for them to go from London to the NHL because of how we use them and get them playing so many minutes. Now they just got to manage less minutes. So there's all kinds of development aspects to going back to junior. And, and again, here's my, here's my second grievance of the day. Second grievance, okay? <laughs> People that tell me you can't learn anything by going back to junior. Yes, you can. You've sold me. I'm with you. Before you go, Nick, can we cue this up? I wasn't on the show last week, but there was uh, there was quite the we'll call it a sing along that was uh, that was had. I, I want to play it for Jonas, and I need to comment on this. But uh, Luca Celebre was co-hosting in your seat, Jonas, and this is how Craig decided to uh, to enter the chat. And that's what we ended up turning it into, the song itself, which I thought was hilarious. So I wanted to play that for you, uh, Craig. Hopefully you appreciate that, but that was hilarious, uh, getting into the festive spirit last week. I do appreciate it. And Steph had sent me the clip and I was laughing and everything. I mean, it was one of those things when Luca was on, I said, Hey, it is Christmas. So it's a, it's a, it's a, the holiday season, you know, with our family and our friends and our loved ones and everything. It, it, it really is a special time. And, you know, on a, on a day when travel is uh, disrupting some people's plans, you yeah. know what, maybe you can't get to where you want to get to today. Be patient. And just enjoy uh, everybody in your life. And, uh, you know, one of the things that you, we all can do, be patient with one another and be kind to one another. Absolutely, Craig. Absolutely. Appreciate the time, as always. Uh, have a wonderful holidays with uh, you and the family. And get out to uh, Halifax safe and sound, pal. Yeah, thank you. And best of the holidays to you and Jonas and everybody there. Love being part of the show every Thursday. So thanks for having me. Oh, we love you too, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Thanks. thanks. There he goes. Craig Button, TSN hockey analyst, and uh, we'll probably submit that to uh, to the CMAs or something like that. Is that the call? The Canadian Music Awards? Yeah, I think we'll we'll send it to that and see how it goes. The Christmas Music Awards, maybe that could even stand for as an acronym. You gonna give us some uh, you know, some sort of singing thing that we could use for the holidays, no. Jonas? I think those are called the Junos, by the way, aren't they? Oh, they are. They are called the Junos. You're CMAs right. is like country music wars. <laughs> country, I, I knew it didn't sound right when it came out of my mouth, but I couldn't remember what it was called, and I was like, yeah, maybe it's this. And then I remembered, yeah, it's definitely country music awards, but, uh, ah, say la vie, say la vie. But, you know, he, he speaks so glowingly about Mitch Marner. I think it was like in the middle of his run, maybe maybe towards the end of the point streak, Craig Button came on our show and, and said he'd be in his top five hard trophy ballot, like bar none. 
Um, I don't know. You, you are someone who has a ballot, I suppose. Like, has he been that good to you? Where he is heart worthy? I think you got it. Like, he needs to be in the conversation. I, I'm not sure he's in the top five. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. Like, there was like the start to the year wasn't great, and even through the first half of the point streak, it was like he wasn't dialing on all. I don't know levels like there was a stretch there after that where he really took off and he looked like that guy that we saw in the second half. Uh, but if at the end of the year he's playing 22 minutes a night, he's got a hundred points, he's got 30 goals, he plays like one of the differences. Like we talked about Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane doesn't kill penalties. Like he's no. not making the impact defensively that 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 Mitch Marner does. I think that's what what sometimes gets forgotten in the conversation that Craig was pointing out is like he has all these different dimensions. Like Craig's mentioning the the strip pucks, and I'm thinking like as he's talking like how Mitch Marner knocks pucks out of midair, and that's kind of like Mark Stone. Like, he just does a lot of different things. Yeah. I think the 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 Hart Trophy winner is probably pretty clear by now, no? Uh, you're talking about Peter Kachekov out in uh, Carolina. Definitely. Is that, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that McDavid guy out in Edmonton's doing some pretty, pretty fantastic things. Yeah, uh, like he has 29 goals right now. Yeah, it's insane. It's it, the guy's on pace for like 160 points or something like that. It's it's wild. I mean, McDavid's just on a completely different planet when it comes to to playing the game of hockey. It's 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 wild. He's the best. He's the best on on planet Earth, bar none, I believe. Uh, on the other side, Jonas, uh, we're gonna get into. Uh, we've been doing this all week. It's the five days of Christmas. It's the final day before the holidays, uh, and this one. Uh, it's it's entitled A Al's Brothers Clause. So it's a little bit of a, a rating system. What are we gonna be handing out to some of these players uh for Christmas this weekend? So that'll be on the other side. I'm excited for that. I'm Mike DeStefano with Jonas Siegel of the Athletic. This is an Elite Lunch here on T S N ten fifty. Leafs lunch continues here on TSN 1050. It's a wintry day ahead of the holiday season. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano. I've got Jonas Siegel of The Athletic here with me. And uh, it's fitting you come in with the the Bieber music there, Nick. They were wearing their black Bieber jerseys at the next-gen game last night and uh, or yesterday afternoon. rather. I keep calling it last night. Like The 2 p.m. games always throw me off. I don't know about you, uh, Jonas, but it always does. I wish there were more of them, though. Yeah, so does Mitch Marner. He said that yesterday. and He's got, was it, nine straight next-gen games at the point? Like, this guy just wakes up for 2 p.m. next-gen games. That's too random a stat for me. I, that's just too in the weeds. <laughs> I don't care. It's insane, though. Like, what he, it's, it's actually wild when you look at, like, the breakdown of what he's able to do in these games. Like, the one in Carolina a few years ago, everybody points to and remembers. Um, it's, I don't know, is it random? Sure. But, yes. uh, hey, it's a stat and it's a fact, and we roll facts here on Leafs Lunch. We're a fact-based show, Jonas. Um, so we are continuing with the five days of Christmas, and today it's called Al's Brother's Clause. So typically, Jonas, what we do every Friday is we'll do a uh, – we hand out the Leafies, our weekly awards. So instead of handing out awards, we're going to hand out gifts this year to uh, you know to some Toronto Maple Leafs. So it's a bit of a five-tier rating system that we're going to go through. So let's get to it. The five days of Christmas. It's Al's Brothers Claus. 
I want a pony and a doll that laughs and cries. I just wanted a good grade. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Have a holly jolly Christmas. All right, Jonas. Let's get to it. So we've got our five-tier rating system and the way that we've got this going. It's basically, you know, A, B, C, D, and F, but we have, you know, gifts that you receive that would coincide with these letters. So if you're getting an A, you're giving this guy a charcuterie board in the hot tub because, honestly, what's better than getting a charcuterie in the hot tub? Maybe you can even be watching the, the junior game tonight or on Boxing Day. Really, it's it's just a tremendous gift to give somebody. So that's up at the top of the list in the A. B, new pair of skates. You know, on Christmas morning when you would open up a new pair of skates, that uh, was always something that would put a smile on your face. C would be the gift card. It's the meh, you know. You get it, you're happy, but it's you know, could have been better, could have been worse. So it's right there with the C. And then socks and underpants coming in as the D rating. And then, of course, as per usual, if you get an F, if it's been a failure, you're getting a lump of coal. You're on the naughty list, and you're getting a lump of coal. So that is uh, the rating system that we'll be going through here. Jonas, we'll, we'll let you start first. Uh, who are you gifting a charcuterie in the hot tub to? I am going to give it to... Your friend, Michael Bunting. Aha. You mentioned the streak that he's been on. He's got points in 10, 12 of the last 13 games. He kind of came out of the gate just like a lot of guys. Was kind of struggling to find his game a little bit. Obviously, a lot of pressure after last season to, to repeat what he did. He had 63 points. He was was a runner-up for the Calder Trophy. He's got the contract potentially you know, that they can extend at some point. So I think the way that he's kind of found his game, I think he's found obviously... Uh, rediscovered the chemistry that he had last year with Austin Matthews. William Neander joins that line. I am giving it to Michael Bunting. He's now on pace for almost 60 points. Back-to-back 60 points at 950K would be pretty good value. Uh, I would I would say so. I think we actually have some, some audio from Michael Bunting uh, speaking yesterday about how he feels about his game after that slow start to the season. Yeah, I'm feeling good about my game. I think I'm... Um... Playing, uh, you know, sticking to my game, getting to the, the dirty areas, going to the net, um, be reliable on the defensive side of the, the puck, and then offense will come with that. So um, right now I think our line is playing really well together. We're, we're enjoying it out there, and um, we want to you know, keep it going after the, the holidays here. And I'd agree, which is why I am gifting the charcuterie in the hot tub to the top line just in general. That trio of players of William Nylander, Austin Matthews, and Michael Bunting, they've combined for 12 points this week between the three of them. Nylander leading the way with six points, had three uh, in last night's game. You know, you got Bunting who's heating up in goals in back-to-back games. You mentioned points in 12 his last 13. You've got Matthews, who we didn't even mention this, but like literally saved the game last night. Like, that game yesterday afternoon, if he didn't get a stick on Joel Farabee there with a wide-open net, it would have made it 4-4, and who knows what would have happened. I mean, his team hasn't played particularly well in 3-on-3 overtime. They did get a win last week, I guess, against uh, Calgary in that regard, but... You know, his two-way presence also he's getting, you know, points up on the board as well. So I'm, I'm gifting it to that top line as a whole. Um, new skates. Who are you gifting some new skates to? Who's getting the B grade from Jonas Siegel of The Athletic? Well, it feels like not a nice gift in comparison, right? So I feel a little bit bad, but I am going to give it to... <laughs> I'm going to give it to William Neander. He's up to 20 goals. He's leading the team. He's on pace for 40. 
He's just hitting a, another level in, in terms of we mentioned the consistency. Just night to night, you really feel him in the game. Um, and I think that's just the evolution. Like, he's 26 now. He's been in the league a while. He's he's shown at points, obviously, that playoff series a couple years back where, where he really elevated. He can be a difference maker. I think, you know, sometimes, often, he gets overshadowed by Matthews and Marner. Even during this little stretch, Marner was having that crazy point streak, the record-setting point streak, and you kind of lost a little bit that Neilander's having this great year. So I'm going to give those new skates to, to William Neilander. To Bill Nye. The ones with the uh, the ugly Christmas sweater on them, perhaps? Matching ones <laughs> for his, his, his uh, partner in crime there in, in Austin Matthews, maybe. Um, I'm actually going to give it to, to the bottom six, and, and I just think that they're starting to roll right now. There was... You know, I, I think we called it a, maybe an identity crisis early on in the season for what they wanted with that fourth line. I didn't think the guys who they had brought in were necessarily fitting in, like Mulgan, like uh, Nicholas Abekubel. You didn't see Zach Aston Reese being, you know, as impactful as he be, has been of late. But now you look, it seems like things are really settling in in that bottom six, and especially of late. I mean, I thought that third line was solid again yesterday, 71% expected goals. And, you know, they didn't score, but they had a couple of really good chances. Kerfoot on that two-on-one with David Camp, they seem to be, you know, growing with chemistry. We've spoken today about the chemistry that Camp and, and Engvall have really created. And, and that Par Lindholm is a, a guy who I think is really kind of solidified. Par, uh, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, wait. sorry, Par Lindholm. He I, does kind of look like this. him. I have been doing this all week. I'm living in the year of 2018, I swear to you. I called uh, Ken Holland, Peter Shirelli. I called Joey Anderson, um, Andreas Janssen, and now I'm calling Pontus Holmberg, Paul <laughs> <laughs> like it's par. par Lindholm. I don't know what's going on with my mind this week. I'm already kind of fast forwarding to Pontus Holmberg has been terrific. Um, can't find a mistake according to Sheldon Keefe, and you know he continually is putting himself into uh, into the lineup. And then you know last night was a big factor that line that fourth line establishing ozone time, which led to the eventual game-winning goal by, by William Nylander when they made that flip-flop there. So, you know, i got to give some love to uh, to the bottom six. They've been incredibly reliable for the, the last little bit here for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Par Lindholm is a deep cut, by the way. Yeah. Like, even yeah. Leaf fans will be like, wait, who? who? <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because every time I talk to, to Frankie, not every time, but we've had conversations about, like, who does Pontus uh, Pontus Holmberg reminds you of, and he brought up earlier Par Lindholm as a player who he reminds me just like a reliable, steady fourth line type of guy. I think that's why it was kind of in my head. Uh, the gift card, which is like the so-so, it's like yeah, he's you know he's been all right, it's been good, but could be better. We've seen more out of him at other times in the season. You know who are you giving the gift card to? It's it's the so-so gift of the holiday season. I'm going to give it to their power play, which did come through in the end last night, but wasn't great for stretches and hasn't been great for stretches here without Morgan Riley. I think it's obviously an area for improvement. It's important. Like I know we end up talking about a lot of these things throughout the year, and it's always with the playoffs in mind. And we've seen in the past their power play and their penalty kill have cost them at times greatly in the, the playoffs. And so if they can get their power play up and rolling again, Mitch Marner, you know, scores the goal last night. He hasn't scored a bunch on the power play. You know, it's been more Matthews. It's been Neilander. It's been Tavares. They've got a lot of different threats. They're going to get Riley back. I think they'll get going. 
And then you you kind of knock that second power play unit, how little they get on the ice. But they matter. Like, if they can give the Leafs the odd bit of something, like, they've gotten just about nothing from their second power play unit. And obviously, like you pointed out, they don't play a lot. But it'd be nice if they gave you a little bit of something, a little bit of momentum. Yeah. And so I'm keeping an eye on their power play. And that's why, not to open up a can of worms, but uh, I did bring up yesterday maybe JVR as a potential trade option. No. He could help on that uh, on that second power play unit. That's, that's really what he is. He's a power play specialist. Thinks they need good better. In tight. Yeah, I, I, well, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening there. Okay, really quickly, we got about a minute. we got to bang out these next couple. I gave mine to John Tavares, by the way. I think he needs to bring a little bit more to the table offensively. I think he only has, like, two goals in his last 13 games. Um, after a hot start, I, I just think he's been, you know, offensively, eh, you could see a little bit more from, from the captain. Uh, D, who are we giving out Ds to? Just socks and underpants, which, you know, it's useful. It's nice to have, but doesn't necessarily put the biggest smile on your face. For myself, I want to. I'm going to give it to Ilya Samsonov this week. You know, uh, not not what we had come to expect from him. I suppose last couple starts an 8.21 save percentage and 8.42 save percentage, two of the worst that he's had so far as a Toronto Maple Leaf. I decided to give it to Dennis Malgin just to say, yeah. have a good holiday. He's off to Colorado. Maybe, <laughs> hopefully, for his sake, things will go better than they did here. Yeah, some thick long socks for uh, maybe he'll be up in the altitude and the lump of coal. Who gets an F? It's the hockey gods, Jonas. The hockey gods. Another injury to the blue line. This team just keeps taking hits, but luckily they've been able to fill in shoes, man. They've been able to fill it in, and that defense uh, has really stepped up in, in key times. But still, you never want to see the injuries pile up, and now it was Sandine on, uh, on injured reserve. So the hockey gods, you're getting a lump of coal from, from Al's brother's claws. I will give my lump of coal to the NHL. I want to see more fun jerseys. Ooh, huh? how about that? Interesting. Uh, tell you what, why don't we get into this on the other side, actually? We're talking about Festivus and some grievances that needs to be aired. Why don't we air a grievance with the NHL then, and we can pick up on that on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Jonas Siegel of The Athletic. You're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. And now, as Festivus rolls on, we come to the feats of strength. Not the feats of strength. <laughs> Until you pin me, George, Festivus is not over. Oh, please, somebody stop this. Let's rumble! <laughs> Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards, available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion for a chance to win a $100 Vanilla Visa prepaid card. Text the keyword LUNCH. And your name to 105050. Standard text message rates apply. Yeah, I've been talking a lot of it about Festivus, and Craig J. Button was talking about the feats of strength and uh, got us thinking in the spirit of Festivus. You know, really quickly, Jonas, what's a grievance that you would like to air with the NHL? I just mentioned it before the break. I just want to see more jerseys. Just have yeah. more fun. Like, every team should wear as many jerseys as they want. It's money for the NHL. It's fun for fans. I don't I don't see why not. Yeah, I do I, I want to air out that I don't understand this report about this potential 84 game season and how they think that more games against the same teams is going to work because uh, we saw that happen in the COVID year and it got very boring towards the end of the season seeing you know watching the exact same teams over and over by the time they got to the seventh eighth ninth matchup against the teams it just really wasn't something that uh, 
we cared much for, to be quite honest with you. Uh, Jonas, really appreciate you taking it, uh, taking it in with us today. Happy holidays for you and the family. Happy holidays to everybody listening. Have a very Merry Christmas. That does it for us today. We'll be back on Wednesday. So no show Monday, no show Tuesday. Leafs Lunch returns on Wednesday. Uh, but up next, Matt Cause with Gameplay.